Hello and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to inspire and feel good about your money. I'm Marika Fino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the city of London, a yoga teacher and the owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindset, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, hi. I'm fine. And you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. I'm super happy to have you on. We've known each other for nearly two years now. And I got to know you because a friend recommended me actually to reach out. So we first met in Lisbon because you were around and then we worked a few times together in Paris. I did workshops and conferences for your amazing network. And yeah, if I were to define you and don't blush, <laughs> but I would say, yeah, you're very inspiring, super well connected. You have a beautiful energy, you're smart, driven and sorority is really something that is embodied in you. Yeah, really impressive. So you're the co-founder of A Female Agency, where you hire top female clients in the tech industry. And you're also the co-founder of Leia Capital, which is a group of female business angels investing in early stage startups. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Anything that you want to add? No, thank you for this uh, introduction. I'm blushing a bit, actually, because yeah, it's always nice in the morning that uh, somebody tells you things like that. So thank you for, for, for the introduction. I'm doing oversight project, but let's focus on uh, Leia Capital today uh, together. And maybe we will go into the side project because it will nourish the discussion together. But uh, uh, yes, we are here to, to speak about investments through uh, Leia Capital. Sounds good. So can you give us a bit of background and why you created Leia Capital? So it was two years ago, two girls approached me with an idea. So one was Clémence Lejeune. She wanted to raise funds with her startup and it was a difficulty. And the other one was Louise Bousquet. And she wanted to be part of a, a business angel club, but it's a real male guy club focus. So she had difficulty also to find to find the materials, to find a group that uh, can onboard her. And together they were friends and they decided to say, okay, let's start maybe something different together. Let's try to gather women that has the same spirit like us and we can maybe do something together between women for women. So this is a mission of Leia Capital. We have two missions. First one is to invest in early stage startups that have been launched by women. So the capital should be 30% minimum for women. And the other mission is to encourage also other women to invest as well. So it's truly important that it's not just the first mission, but also to say to other women, 
hey, you can start also to invest and uh, let's learn all together. So they came to me through another friend that I knew and they said, okay, so we had these two missions. Would you like to join as well? We will be all co-founder of a company. In fact, we'll be this group of women investing in early stage startups. The other thing is they were not coming from the investment industry. They were coming from branding uh, for Louis Bousquet and Clémence Lejeune uh, through the tech ecosystem, but not investment. So they were truly interested about my background in VC because I used to work in venture capital at that time at Partech. So this, this group of women, I think we work together because each of us has an interest, of course, of the subject, but can also give materials, give experience, give network to the world uh, group. I had already did the subject. So I had kind of a, a business plan or how to do it. And I said, oh, okay, when they just came to me and it, it's, you know, the way it works sometimes in, in life, you meet people when you are ready and, you know, you need to think about your destiny and the stars and so on. So, and, and sometimes everything is aligned. And it was the case at that time. So two years ago, they approached me. It was a perfect timing for me. And we gathered 14 women. So the purpose was also to have enough under management to invest in a very early stage. I would say startup, but it's not just startup. I will explain you our thesis just after, but to invest. So we had a minimum ticket of 15K, so one five to, to invest all together in this first vehicle because now there is a second one that I will go, uh, I will go deeper on that with you after. So first vehicle, 14 women, ticket of 15K. We had three, four months to also think about the legal entity to launch. So we had lawyer on board. So part of the 14, we had two lawyers. Very important when you want to launch this kind of, of thing because it's, you know, Investment is a lot about paperwork and a lot about legal. So these two girls did an amazing work. And in fact, we launched really the company and the first investment in January. So they approached me in July. I accepted to join. I also discussed with two other women that I knew uh, that could bring value to join as well. One, you you know her, I'm, I'm sure, because it's Emily Daversan. Uh, she's the the co-founder of VO2 Group. And the other one is Camille Koignac. She's also an entrepreneur. And so we gather also women from our network, those 14. And we, in January, we were able to, to do our first investment. Just to finish the why I did that, because I used to be a business angel on my own before. I truly thought about the, the power of the network. That is for sure. It was the first initiative like that in France. So, you know me now, I, I, am, I am an experienced girl. So the first time something exists, I want to be part of it, of course. But also there is a return of investment. We will talk about that later. But the return of investment, the more important thing to understand is that if you invest in a company that invests in 15 startups with a 15K investment, your risks are more linear. Uh, than if you just put all your money in just one startup with 15K. So the return of investment for me was also considering the risk because it's a super risky uh, business to do investment in early stage startups. You need to be ready to lose your money, of course, because 90% of startups fail. But you have a ticket and to put this ticket, you know, in different kind of projects, of course, it's less risky. 
So I think all the girls understood that on the first at the first stage. And actually, I, I'm going to give you just a statistic. It was a survey by the Angel Capital Association, and they estimated 11% of ventures end up with a positive result. So as you said, it's very low. Hence, the need to diversify. And of course, if you're more than one, you have more possibilities. And interesting as well that the average ticket for each investment is around $42,000. And another point, again, with that diversification aspect, actually, most angel investors have no more than 10% of their portfolio into these kind of tickets. It's super risky. Uh, the figure you just tell about the 42K, is it in the world or in Europe? Do you know? No, in the US. In the US, it's always the case. You know, we are, we are in France or we are in Europe, so we don't put as much. As I know, in France, most of the business engine, depending on the stage, but when you enter early stage, it's ticket between 20, more about 20, 30, up to 50. It's a maximum. So, I mean, it's uh, in the US, there are, you know, the cash is, the cash is there. Easy, easy, yeah. And um, is it as well, because there's only 2% of finances that actually go to women-led startups, which is absolutely crazy. Is it because of that data that you're focusing on? So not necessarily women only because you said 30%, but you want to have that angle and any other themes that are deep to your heart. Yes. So this percentage is crazy. It doesn't change in time. So the 2% you mentioned was the same two years ago and five years ago. So it has very difficulty to evolve and the same worldwide. So, I mean, it's uh, it's not a good, uh, a good news, but yes, the first stage was, okay, we need to raise that percentage. We need to help, um, especially early stage startups to emerge that was funded by women. Because after that, what we saw is that when it goes to venture, Uh, you have a BTC, you have a lot of startups that have been co-founded by women because it's more difficult when there is only founder and it's a woman. But for, for venture startups, it's easier to respond after that. But the first step to launch this kind of startup is very difficult. Why? You need to give another percentage is that 10% of decision makers in the VC world, in all venture world, Worldwide and in France, same percentage are women. 90% of decision makers in the investment community are male. When you see that, you maybe can understand that women that come with their energy, their background, all you know about uh, bias, uh, about the choice, it's one of the main causes that there is only 2%. Another thing is that when you are a male in front of you and you pitch your project and sometimes it's a femtech project or your own criteria to buy a product because you are a woman, they don't understand because they are male. I mean, it's just as simple as that. You need to have a kind of diversity in front of you. And we are not diversity. We have 50% of the population and also main consumers, you know, in the world. So, I mean, the 2% is also a consequence of the other side of the table with this 10% just a woman in the investment industry. We wanted to be part of investment at that stage with Leia Capital because we think this can evolve. After us, we also exchange with other funds that fund women. The Sista fund was birthed 
approximately at the same time, and they put tickets that are also in a presidency stage. It's a fund, so just maybe a, a quick overview of what is a fund and what is Leia Capital. So this a fund, you need to raise money through limited partners. They're called LPs in the VC world. Those LPs, they are corporates, they are family offices. So you raise funds and after you invest in startups, so you are just an intermediary. This is how VC work, the venture capital uh, world work. We are not a fund. We are a collective of business angels. We don't raise money. It's our own money. And it's much easier after because we don't have the same regulations to invest in startups. It's also to make those, this figure evolve and to so, yeah, no, a two percent is just a, a horrible figure. I mean, uh, yeah, I read an article yesterday about female investors who actually raised twelve million dollars. So really, well done. And actually, one of the founder was interviewed and was saying, "Okay, what's been your experience?" And she showed like few of the questions she received with a gender lens biased. And she said one of the VC was telling her, like, why are you focusing on um, such a niche market? And she replied, "I don't think." female investment is a niche it's actually half <laughs> so it's exactly the same like crazy but some of the position you're actually taking you are a board member so can you tell us about the reasoning behind and how you have some influence there to ensure that question is also to ensure why projects like founder choose us you know the game evolves also, and you have some very competitive deal sometimes on the market that we are aware of because now we have a network of partners in VC, but also business angels that also send us some hot deals. Uh, those hot deals, they have the choice to raise money with us or with other kind of business angels or with VCs and so on. Why they choose us? I think now they understand that the power of the network that we can have is also a reason that they choose us. We are now, so on the second vehicle, we are now 30 women. Those 30 women, they can also activate that network for the founder that we have. And they choose us in that way as well. Not just, you know, we are more and more speaking about smart money. They don't just look for money because you can, if your project is Hotter enough, you can find money, not easily, but you can find money. Uh, but they will look for something else. And the power of the network with trust, I mean, it's what we have built as well. When they come in front of us, you know, we, we have not a chill atmosphere, but we understand each other. <laughs> we came through the same difficulties in some ways. And they want sometimes to have us on boards on a more strategic position than just an investor. So they chose one of us, sometimes a more consistent IRZ regards to the topics, could be a sector, could be kind of the jobs, could be the network that the person can have to succeed in the project. So they choose us to be on board and to have them as, as a strategic partner. It's not always the case. It could be the case. I would say uh, 30% of the case since uh, two years with on over the two vehicles, this is the case. It's just that for a person, you need to understand that it's also a commitment. So you need to understand that it will also take time and you need to have this available time. And as maybe you understand, it's a side project for all of us. We all have a job. 
nobody is full time on the initiative. So it's a night project. So if you have a board, you need to be prepared to also have the entrepreneur prepare for board meeting, be ready to ensure on WhatsApp and so on. So for example, for it's me, another level of commitment. Yeah, yeah, it's another commitment. I cannot do that. Sounds good. Yeah. And so let's speak about spotting jewels now, because the key is like to find the right company, the right startups to invest in. So how does the investment process work? And do you get pitched because you have that network and that connections or are you actively looking yourself? How does it work? I receive, I think, three or four projects a day. I cannot ensure to anybody. So it's coming from all, you know, all over. Uh, people put me in connection with Business Angel, VCs, my LinkedIn profile, even sometimes on WhatsApp. They had my number, I don't know how, and I received some deal. The other women, so now we are 30, they receive as well. They are super well connected and they receive as well deal. How it works, first, all the projects go through our single email address so that we know and we can also have data about how many projects we saw, we analyze and so on. So first, everything goes there. We have a due deal team. So we have now a work stream. Uh, we are quite organized with Notion, everything, you know. Uh, I think it will go, um, we are also taking one step uh, further, maybe with an Airtable tomorrow and so on. So we constantly improve our tools and it's a key because we see a lot, so lots of data. And this is, uh, this has also, uh, it's worth it. This has a value. So we analyze deal, this team analyze deal with, of course, the deck, who are the founders, is there a market? Is there a traction? What this, the team have, has achieved as of today? And who also send us the deal? Is it just, you know, an inbound deal or is it recommended? Is it referred by a, a VC, some, somebody that also had analyzed it? This also has true value. And for the deals that we have um, signed uh, since two years, we can see that for most the case, they are referred by somebody that analyzed or invested in the project or we co-invest together. So, and we trust this person as well. So first one, this team analyzed with very macro, they received, you know, thousands of emails. So the intro needs to be sharp, the deck needs to be consistent and we're not. Then we have a pre-committee all together to see, thanks to this deal flow analysis, to say, Okay, this month, maybe not this month because we do that twice a month. So these two weeks, we have received this amount of deals. We think that those 10 or 15 deals can be interesting for us. Would you like to make a, a due deal? And we are, in some, most of the case, we are two people and, uh, to analyze deal, to make the due deal. So we make what we call a light due deal. A call with the entrepreneur, we analyze the deck, ask the business plan. We make sometimes some ref call, but like you deal. If this is a go, then we ask the entrepreneurs to come and to meet us during our investment committee. We do one investment committee a month during four hours from six to midnight. And we have most of the cases, free pitches from entrepreneurs. And sometimes after those pitches, there is a go. Sometimes there is a no go. It depends. So sourcing of deals is key. 
the network in this case is key and it's also the power of Leia Capital is also to have the network of 30 super well-connected women that also attract some very creative deal flow. Yeah, no, for sure. This is very powerful. Yeah. And what are the key metrics you're looking at? And of course, there's some tangible metrics, but as well, probably like management team and other qualities, which are probably more subjective, let's say. Okay, so every venture capital firm will tell you that they have that secret source. In fact, in pre-stage, you always look for the same pattern. The first one is the management team. And most of the case, the management team is the founders only because there is no team. Sometimes there is a team, but most of the cases is the founders. So who are they? What did they achieve? Are they complementary together? Do they work well together? And you know, the most you see of the founder funding team, the most you can have also some weak signals and you can see, okay, they're already tired. You know, most of their stuff failed because of the funding team. I think the last figure is around 80 to 90%. It's not because they don't find their market fit, it's that it's a wedding, it's a marriage, and you cannot stand anymore the person you see 24 hours a day. So you need really to find the right couple. We invest in a solo entrepreneur as well business. So it could be, you know, just one person. So first is who are the person who launched the company? The other one, the other pattern to look for is attraction. And it could be user, it could be turnover, it could be whatsoever, depending on the project. But do this project have attraction? And it could be very small, you know, from... A, from one to 10 users, to, from 10 to 100 users. But the traction needs to be exponential enough uh, to be interesting. So the traction. The market needs to be big enough. It's also, you know, you have, you have several views on that and you mentioned a female investment. So, but you need to address a substantial market. Otherwise, you will not have this niche on this big market. So the market needs to be high enough. And then there is a product. What is your product? But it's less interesting because we know that at this stage, the company will pivot in some way. So even if the product is not, and sometimes there is no product, pre-launch. So, but the idea should be there. And we are now in an ecosystem that go also for profitability. So it was not the case two years ago, but now the, there is so much uncertainty on the market that you need to show as well you know, a project that is profitable in the next coming years. One thing I, I can share, and especially on the business plan, is that projects led by women are most of the time less ambitious than men. If you go in front of a VC or a business angel, you need to have your mission, you have to feel vision, you need to show passion, but you need also to show that you want to raise a star because it's a very competitive and it's difficult, the traction should be there, and you need to have an ambitious project. And I, most of the cases I see business plans that are not ambitious enough. And I say, okay, you need to multiply the case by <laughs> your projections. Uh, you know, it's so bullshitting in some ways sometimes with what we saw with male. And so, you know, I would say school are conservative with women. And one of my big questions all the time is how you actually can link the value to the company. Because especially early stage, it's really hard to link the two. 
And one way when it's probably further down the line is to use comparables. But how do you do that for early stage startup? First, it's not us will do the valorization of a startup. We are not the lead investor in the startup we invest. The reason why is because we put a ticket of 50k with the second vehicle. So we are always followers and we are asking about, okay, what is the valorization of the company as of today? Sometimes it evolves a bit, but it's the lead investor, most of the case, an early stage VC, who puts the valorization together with the entrepreneurs. So they put a number at the end. Sometimes we challenge and it happens that we say, okay, it's too high or you need to review it. So sometimes we have, a, you know, an opinion on that. How will that? It's very complicated because it's early stage. Uh, the valorization was much higher before and it goes later because the ecosystem is, is more tense right now. So the valorization goes a bit below. You have market practice sometimes on a kind of project for SaaS, for a marketplace. So we sometimes challenge thanks to those metrics on uh, what kind of projects and we brainstorm thanks to benchmarks. Sometimes we can also say it's a, a multiplication of the EBITDA for the project and the projection and, and the valorization. But most of the case, we trust the valorization that has been given by a, a VC. This is their job. I mean, they have teams to do that. They have much more metrics than us. And it depends on uh, if it is a hard deal or not as well. Mm -mm. Yeah, very interesting. Like, And I like as well the fact that you kind of demystify the complexity of it because you have others investors. Yeah, like it. So last question for you. What is your full portfolio looking like? And I want to know, like, <laughs> what kind of portion do you have in that venture or angel investments compared to anything else? So... I will tell you maybe the investment parts and the other thing. So I, I used to invest as a business angel with uh, two startups and I am at the board for the startups. So before I met Leia Capital, so this is my first investment, a small ticket. Then I invested in uh, Leia Capital. We did seven deals with the first vehicle. So with those 14 women, we raised another vehicle with 30 women and uh, with a ticket approx 50k so we have 1 million under management and we did three deals those deals are very different maybe i can also put in the description the different kind of deals uh, we can uh, i can tell because some of them are still are still confidential but it's mainly tech but not only we also invest in in, in brick and mortar uh, in the food tech uh, also tech but not much tech, you know. Broader, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we try also to diversify our portfolio and to invest in, for example, we don't have silver economy right now. So, you know, the senior, for, for everything about the senior. So I think we will look for deal around that. So we try to also diversify our portfolio. The thesis, sorry, I didn't mention that, but the thesis is general. We are agnostic. The only criteria for us is that we have 30% of the capital they women, but otherwise we are really open. But of course, we'll look for traction and so on, the, the criteria that I described earlier. So it's most of the cases, tech industry, but we have SaaS and non-SaaS projects. So this is the portfolio that I have, which is very diversified. I cannot give you any return of investment yet because you know it's quite long. A long process. 
five years, seven years? Yeah, it's five years. It's uh, up to 10 years to have a full fund that are invested in, in the VC case. Uh, for us, it will be five years. So we need to wait. Maybe we can do this podcast in three, four years. And I can tell you, this is a ROE also uh, of this investment. Something that I didn't mention, Marika, is that the ROI for me is already done because I now work with some of the Leia Capital women. We are a very powerful network in terms of branding for personal branding for us, for our companies. It's amazing as well. So it's also the power of the network and uh, uh, what we call a women business club as well. In some way, we have a connection now in the business together because we know each other, we trust each other, we work together. So I mean, the ROI for me is not just financial as we get to the portfolio I invest together, but also in our professional life because we all have this professional life long and aside. So see, this is a portfolio. I have less risky assets as well. Life insurance. I also invest in, in, uh, in real estate. So I try to diversify as much as possible my investment from risky to less risky because if something fell, I will not have all my investment portfolio that failed. I mean, so this is another thing that I truly think is that you need to, and it's your work. I mean, well, you are a money coach, though I know that you repeat that as well to your coaching, but to diversify your portfolio is super important from risky to less risky project. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Sarah, for all of the knowledge, the sharing, uh, the inspiration as well, because it's beautiful what you're creating and, and yeah, just the energy out of it is amazing. So keep going and uh, yeah, really can't wait to continue seeing what you're doing and what you're up to. Thank you so much, Marika. Bye-bye. Bye. So that's the end of this episode. I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website, marikafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.